Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. I watched The Exorcist 3. Oh, what'd you think? You're out of your fucking mind. What? I said, well, this guy, it took me almost two days to finish it. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I said, Frank, what is this guy? What, is he, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> really? Brad, Brad Dorf is great. Brad Dorf's and great. That's about it. You don't like George C. Scott? Oh, George my God. <laughs> <laughs> George C. Scott was good. You know, he's dependable. Plays the same oh. scowling man, but yeah. I was waiting for I was waiting for the big moment that you were talking about the whole movie. And was it when he did the fucking thriller out of the the in the white that chased the nurse? Was that what you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. I it. I laughed out loud. Oh, you're crazy! Oh, this is this is horrible. The lead up, bef- <laughs> the lead up before that, oh, just that God. long shot down the hallway was great. But the the I said I said there better be something fucking there better be a big payoff that's coming soon. Hey, cut chases with those fucking scissors. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, John, yeah. I hate to bring this up. You didn't like Crime Wave, did you? Oh, I, I was <laughs> avoiding. I was avoiding this as long as I could. I know you didn't. It's okay. I was like, he 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 didn't answer. I said he did not like that movie. <laughs> I was hoping you would just forget. <laughs> I never forget. That's my curse. I said I was sitting there. He's like. He didn't write back. He did not like that movie. <laughs> I get it. It's not for everybody. I watched that and I was just, that's like, I want to live in that world of that movie. It's very weird. It's very strange. I'll just be quiet from now on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Most people are normal and don't like things like this. Most people are sane. Oh, but I'm sorry. I just love the dialogue. Okay, Chris. Now that you've seen it, do you know what we're talking about when it's the greatest thing ever in the movie? Is the dream, dude, the dream sequence is so beautifully oh, the, directed. Well, yeah, that was amazing. I said, what the fuck? I said, I, I had to stop a couple times. I said, is that Patrick Ewing? Yes. What the yes. fuck is going on here? It's the dude, best Patrick cameo Ewing. of all time. Patrick is an angel. angel of death. Fabio is Fabio. around there. Uh, what's his name? But there was uh, little things in it that I, I really his, enjoyed. What's important <laughs> about the Exorcist three? What's his name? Larry King. Larry King showed up. Oh right, Larry King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I how I remember that. who it is. Garlic. That's all he says. <laughs> yeah, there was just weird cameos. Just like what the fuck? That's the strangest yeah. cameos. Well, Patrick ever Ewing. Ever. I said, wait a minute. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you anyway. know that I liked. I liked the the, the part confessional. Where, uh, the confessional, the confessional was was creepy. The part with um where you, the reveal of when the priest was killed and he sees him in his dream with the head cut off. Yeah. Like with the stitches around his neck. I said, oh, that's you know that's cool. And with the the little kid coming up on the crucifix with the fucking the mask on and the shirt, the cop shirt on, uh, yeah. the police athletic league shirt when they oh. open the pit of hell. Yeah, but, but when that thing, you don't, you, you didn't get pumped after the Jaws of Life, which is a goofy shot now, where he pulls his daughter, the, the grandma, the nana pulls the daughter's head away from the Jaws oh, of Life. That's another crazy moment. I said they were very relaxed about an insane woman sitting in their kitchen. <laughs> and the, the family had no sell on anything that was going on the whole movie. I, I believe in filth. I believe in <laughs> Well, I like that. Infidelity. 
Oh, it's yeah. great stuff. I, I I love that movie. I, again, I saw it. I very could, young. well I, as I was watching, I said, "Yeah, this is a Frank movie. This is a movie that Frank." It's a controversial watch. pick. I mean, listen to to pick it over Exorcist One is a wild thing to say. I'm not yeah. that crazy. Yeah, uh, I started diving into it though as I was watching, it, and I learned a whole lot of things. And you could see how it wasn't an Exorcist film. Yeah. Well, he said he didn't want it to be. It was called. It was the book was Legion. It was Legion, like had nothing yeah. to do with the Exorcist. Yeah, and, and they he said, wanted to name it Legion, but they were like, "No, let's hook it to the Exorcist." I'm fine with that. Like, I it's like, it probably yeah. would have worked just as well on its own. Yeah. The original ending stinks. The original ending is it's just he walks into the cell and just shoots him twice, and it cuts the black at the end. <laughs> it's literally See, that. It. Would've, that that would have sold me. <laughs> I would have applauded that. The ending though is just the fucking priest's face is melted off. It's just that wild, kooky. Yeah. And then that music comes up. Dun, 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 dun. He's like, yeah, cream rises to the top. That's what the priest says. <laughs> Round five. Round five. The last dance. How scared is everyone? Today I'm petrified. Today I am movies. fucking petrified because I know it. I know my movie's gonna get taken before it gets to me. I know it. I just know. So I had to fucking take a, a wild one as a, a secondary. This one I didn't prepare for because I'm reasonably certain nobody else has it. It's a weird pick. I was telling Justin, not necessarily my favorite, but it's a great springboard for things that are my favorite. It's weird. Mm. It is. It's kind of bending the rule. It is one of my favorites, but this is like it's the least favorite of my favorites. It's just yeah. what I, it, it brings to the table. We're going to leave it up to social media. So we're going to post after this episode's out. You'll have our full teams. You will then decide that we will reconvene in a week to go over the winners, discuss the winners, and our honorable mentions. I think that'll mm. be a fun idea. Cool. It's going to be seven hours So an abridged, a shorter one. No, 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 no. Just a couple. <laughs> Quick. We're not going to do a marathon. Go over the winners. You, the people, get to decide. I had a tough time with this pick. I was You're like, leading us off, right, Judd? Yeah, I am. I was torn between like four... Four different movies, very oh, different movies. I hope one of them's not one of mine. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be it. I I would be very surprised if it's any one of yours. After a lot of uh, careful consideration, I decided to go with 2007, The Mist. Motherfucker, oh, rat bastard, cocksucker. That was yours. Yep. Oh my god. I, I knew it. I fucking knew it. I said it. I said it to my wife. <laughs> I said, Justin's going to take the fucking mist. I know it because he doesn't know any movies unless the ones I've shown him. And I've shown him the mist. I've shown him fucking trick or treat. Yep, that's all it. Oh, back to back rounds. Chickens have come home to roost, Christopher. Motherfucker. I, as soon as I heard him say it, I'm like, I looked as soon right as I heard at 2007. Chris. I said, you motherfucker. I was gonna oh. say Frank Darabont's, but I mean, I would have fucking put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> it would have been the ending of the mist right here on. Mom, Dad, you gotta come see. The butthouse is so bad. You just gotta come. Come on. Whoa. Having spoken, the doomsayer departs. Come on. <laughs> Why don't you get Billy dressed? I'll take him into town with him. Hit the store before it gets all bought out. How'd you folks hold up in the storm? Big insurance day. Sorry to hear that. What's going on? It's death. Something in the mist. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> 
sure oh. is. <laughs> uh, Why don't you tell us about it? Why don't you tell us about the Drayton's? <laughs> goddamn it! It holds up, doesn't it? Isn't it good? It's really good. Oh, good. Great it's movie. really good. And like while I was doing research, it didn't really get great reviews. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. No. It was, they didn't like it. A lot of people like trashed it. That's a, yeah, that's because, weird. Well, because Darabont was coming off of such a high with his two previous outings with Stephen King, with mm-hmm. the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile. Yep. And this is so tonally different from those two movies. After I just finished reading The Stand, there's a lot of similarities you could draw between oh, these two yeah. stories. Oh. I was loving rewatching this. Yeah. Well, if you notice at the beginning of this movie, uh, Thomas Jane's character, David, is he's is, a, is he's painting. He's doing a painting. Oh, yeah. And I know the, who it is. He's he's painting Roland. Oh, really? Yeah. And do you know who That's actually? That's so cool. Do you know who actually painted that poster? Oh, that was, yeah, I do. Drew, I can't Drew Struzan, who is a famous poster artist, uh, illustrator, who designed the posters for like uh, all the Indiana Joneses. Yeah. Uh, the thing, wow. the thing poster. He right, did the thing right, poster. Right, right. He's wow. uh, one of the greatest, and I think that's who he was based on, sort of. Uh, for Stephen right. King. Yeah. A lot of uh, contention around that this didn't really depict the book really well either, but like. Stephen King kind of okayed everything that he wanted to change for the movie and even yeah. like apl- applauded the ending. Yeah. Well, the book, I mean, in in the novella, uh, David and uh, Amanda, the character he, you know, he links up with in the supermarket, had an mm-hmm. affair in mm. the book, like prior to all of this. Okay. Prior to the events in the supermarket. So Darabont didn't really want to portray that in the, in the movie, kind of mm-hmm. giving the characters more of a, an emotional relationship that they develop in the supermarket. Mm. Good choice. And the, yeah, the, I uh, think so. Religious zealot wasn't really a thing in the book. No, right? no. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is such a cool aspect on screen. And she plays that role. I hate her guts that way. Oh, Marsha Gay Harden. Harden. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Stealing food now. Going out now, Mrs. Carmody. Please stand aside. You can't go out. I won't allow it. Won't allow it? It's against God's will. Don't you know that by now? Haven't I proven myself again and again and again? Haven't I shown that I am his vessel? What's the matter with you? Don't you believe in God? No one's interfered with you. All we're asking for is the same privilege. You heard him. It is these people who brought this upon us. They, people who refuse to bend to the will of God and claim it privilege. Sinners in pride. Yes, haughty, privileged. They mock us, they mock our, our God, our faith, our values, our very lifestyle. They mock our humility and our piousness. They piss on us and laugh. It's from them. The blood of human sacrifice must come from them. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Carmody, Carmody fucking all time, all time on screen villains. Oh my goodness. Awful. She's, yeah, she's just hateable. Yeah, I mean, and she, She's she's set up like perfectly as like a Stephen King villain because even in uh in the movie she spouts the line "My life for you," which uh, is a line that's used 
in countless Stephen King things. Like really? the trash can man says it in the stand. Yeah, the stand, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Randall Flagg says That's it, right. Walter O'Dim and Martin uh, Broadcloak in uh, The Gunslinger. And, you know, it's all of every wow. like, master of evil in Stephen King's universe at some point says that line, my life for you. That's so cool. Hmm. Yeah, because I remember from the the stand because I read that years ago. Trash can man's thing. Yeah, trash can man. This the, is a uh, very Stephen King Stephen King adaptation. It yeah. feels oh, yeah. very Kingy. Yeah, like more so than a lot of them. And I mean, this the ending of the movie so fucked up <laughs> was was set up in the novel, like mm. in the book. Like he mentions it. Like he says to himself, like I have the gun, you know, there's three bullets, and if I'm gonna do it, he explains like what he would do, and then just in the book, he just never acts upon it. Like it, it just plays out. They end up in a Howard Johnson, and like the book is just pretty much revealed to be uh, a note that David's leaving on the. They heard a, a broadcast on the radio, just a one word, come over a broadcast from a, a local uh, radio station. So that's where they're headed. But they're like, we don't know if we're going to get there. We don't, have, we don't know if we have enough gas. We're too afraid to get out of the car to siphon gas. This is what happened. This is the, the story. We're going to leave it on the counter of the Howard Johnson. This is where we're headed. So if anyone finds this, this is basically... Wow, know, that's pretty cool, too. That's the, the ending <laughs> of the book. They kind of leave yeah. it open. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And Frank Darabont takes a big old right. steaming shit on ambiguity and just goes right yeah. into it. It's just well, like, right. no like, way. He, he was like, Stephen King set up like a dark, like the most darkest yeah. thought yeah. that you would have. He's like, he yeah. put it there for you. Let's let's act on that. Let's make that the logical conclusion to this story. Wow. Because what the fuck? Like, obviously, yeah. you know, yeah. hmm, sign me up. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's the thing to do, right? After seeing what you see. Right. <laughs> I don't blame him. and monsters and those spiders and the fucking acid breath and oh, <laughs> whatever the hell was going on it's, it's a nightmare so fuel hopeless from the yeah. very beginning like it just there's never a moment where anybody has the upper hand they're just getting picked apart. they're just getting yeah. picked off and it's like wow this really sucks there's like yeah. not yeah. one good element uh in this like darabont had a scene written for the opening what they say was the Arrowhead project. Yeah, is what they yeah. said. That was the military thing military that they were base. working on. So he had a scene written where the script originally opened in the military lab, showing the accident that ultimately like releases the mist. He wanted to do it, but then like as this it got closer to shooting, he kind of was like, you know, all right, maybe I'm glad that we kind of cut this out because it wouldn't have fit the tone of the movie. And it would have been the most expensive fucking scene in the movie, and it would have just ended up getting cut. You know, they were happy that they ended up not shooting it. But is this based yeah. on the same thing that uh, Stranger Things is based on? It's it kind of yeah, it, that way. It kind of has that kind of inspiration, the Arrowhead Project and the, the, the Long Montauk, base. Yeah, right, the Montauk the Mon Project. Kind of yeah. He wrote this novella in. Wow, it was published in 1980. Sorry. Oh, 80. 
and it was included in the Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew, right, right, Skeleton right, right, right. Crew, but it was published in like a, I guess, a press. Viking yeah, press. Viking Press. Yeah, that was uh, in the, the old his old uh, uh, publishing house. The hacked off tentacle on the loading dock. How it just turns to a puddle of goo. That's so cool. You see that yeah. that shows up in uh, from a Buick Eight. His mm-hmm. novel. There's you know creatures in that that were speculated. You know that were thought to have come from another dimension when they get hacked up kind of reacts the same way. All his universes are shared. Like everything has something to do with something else. Judd, you're really just starting to like dive into his books. Yeah. Like once you start like finishing up through the stand and then go through the dark tower series and Salem's lot and everything's eventually like all these books there, everything's connected. Didn't yeah. they make a show that was like the Stephen King universe? Castle rock. Yeah. It didn't last yeah. long. On oh, it didn't. I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I've never heard uh, anything about it again. I think two seasons, I think. That's it. Oh, really? See, I, you know, mm. I, I didn't even, I'm a big fucking fan, and I didn't even know about it. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, then that, it failed in <laughs> its endeavor, because yeah. that's like, oh, yeah, it's like, you know how, like, Stephen King has a shared universe? Let's, like, connect all these things, and it's just, that should be a layup for you. Yeah, I would have been all over yeah. that. They did make a show, though, uh, a missed show, a 10-part series. I think it was on Spike TV, actually. Really? Really? Yeah. Uh, Bob Weinstein uh, and Frank Darabont produced it. Wow. I don't it aired in like 2017, I think. <laughs> I think the movie's perfect. The movie's, yeah. yeah the movie, did, they did the movie. It's the first time like Darabont like really blowing up making Stephen King adaptations. Just said, you know what? I think he's got a few horror stories too. I that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. what? It's like. <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption is you know, a great story great yeah. short story you know different this he you know he changed some things from the the short story is that in the same book as the as uh stand by me the body uh yeah yeah it's rita hayworth and the shawshank redemption the body yeah. and uh apt pupil oh wow jesus christ mm. yeah and there's one is more different, is that different seasons different seasons yeah 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 it's stand by me right yeah the mm-hmm. body stand by me the body App Pupil. App Pupil's great, too. App that's a great awesome. story. I read that in high school. I remember yeah. I was, like, floored by that book. That's a great That's one of the story. first books that, like, grabbed me. I was like, Jesus Christ, this book's really good. 37-day shoot. Thomas Jane's pretty much sat in on the entire editing process of this movie. He and he was he was the got... first actor that uh, Darabont sent this script to. Never got as big as he should have, Thomas Jane. No, I love that's Thomas like Jane. A... I think he's great. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's, he's great. Like every time hey. I see him, I'm like, I'm happy to see him. I'm like, hey, Tom Jane, where yeah. have you been? This story just feels like it could fit anywhere. It's people. people. Right. Yeah. It's a people study. It's yeah. like, what would yeah. happen? In the, you know, the monsters being there just happens to be, happens it could have been anything. It could have been a hurricane. It could have been, yeah. you know, literally anything going on. And it like, took place any year. Right. Didn't yeah. matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. Right. You know, we have another show about the Twilight Zone. And well, <laughs> you could monsters see monsters do on Maple Street. Yeah, dude, yeah. Th- you could yeah. see all like the big like, parallel. Oh, there. right, right. Like this yeah. is him trying to do Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, because like yeah. that's how that's how far-reaching the influence yeah. that show has. Yeah, that was mentioned in like the inspiration for this story. Like the oh, monsters oh, really? do on Maple Street. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. Awesome. So depressing that movie. It's like yeah. it's one of those movies I want. It is. Watch. It is sad. It's so surprising. It's demoralizing. <laughs> and he was like, he was yeah. really gung ho for this ending. Like they didn't want it. Like Dimension Films was the one who they they produced it, and they were like, "Please change this ending." And he was like, "Absolutely not." Originally, he was offered like thirty million dollars by a different producer to make this movie, but hmm. with the 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 one caveat was you can't use this ending. And he was like, "Nope, I'm not gonna do it." And he literally sat on it for years. And then Bob Weinstein came and he agreed. He said, listen, I'll make the movie for half of what they offered me. I'll forfeit my directorial salary. 
if I can make this ending. He's 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 at it's cool when he was in that position. He could throw his weight around like that yeah. and say, "Listen, I'm getting this," because that's the only person who could get an ending like that. Yeah, past the suits because they, they that's just that's why it's shocking. It's this is a major studio film. Yeah, and you're watching, and it's just like you know you always feel kind of. And this is why a lot of modern horror doesn't work. You feel kind of safe because you know they're not gonna break decorum. Like you know yeah. they, these films yeah. have a decorum, they're not gonna break that. And when that happens, that ending, you're like, holy Jesus shit! Christ. Whoa, this yeah. has got to be a dream sequence, right? And it's just like, yeah, and it's oh, a maniac. Well, here come the credits, so it's over. <laughs> No, yeah. and then it, it's just like he keeps rubbing salt in the wound because it's yeah. not just that he kills his family, which is brutal, and his right. performance in that moment where he's shooting when he tries to shoot himself, the, the oh my god, yeah. and they linger yeah. on it, they just oh hang on god. that. It's like, no, let's hang out here. Like, what are you doing? Just cut, <laughs> yeah. cut to something else. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! And then, and it's just like, okay, he's gonna get killed by a monster, and this nightmare will be over. Thank no, God. No, it's gonna be even <laughs> worse. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And then the fucking people he was fighting with about not going out ended yeah. up on the being back fine. of that being fine. Yeah, just hanging out. Okay. What the fuck? That was so mean. Yeah. 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 Jeffrey Demun oh. and uh, William Sadler. Those are a couple of uh, Frank Darabont regulars. Are in this. Alexandria oh, yeah. Domas. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people went on to work with him in uh Walking Dead. Walking this... Dead, they were in the Green Mile with him, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Yeah, yeah, the Frank Darabont repertory company like shows up. I love Corey that Holden. Bill Sadler like, shows when Bill Sadler shows up in anything, I'm just happy. Yeah. It's just like, yay, cuz he's death and Bill and Ted's bogus journey and it's one of the yeah, most yeah, iconic yeah, performances yeah. of all time. Stephen King got the idea for this source novel when he was in a main market. He noticed the front windows were made of plate glass, and he wondered what would happen if big, giant insects flew into them. It's so cool to see where people get inspiration from. And I know Chris was at a, a wedding down down the shore, and I asked him, like, hey, when you were down there, did anything, did, any, did you get any sparks? Because when oh, yeah. I was down the shore, I was like, Jesus Christ, there's got to be, like, a cool horror movie written. One cool thing about living down, but I'll tell you right now, and I'm probably going to use it in my next story. And the one cool thing about living down by the beach is that as opposed to where I live, where I'm, it's very woodsy, is that it gets very quiet at night. You don't get as many insects and frogs and things like that, which is fucking eerie. Mm-hmm. So it's like the idea of all of a sudden everything getting silent. It's like, well, why did everything just get silent? And then noise to happen again. Or it, it's, I was like, you know, eh, there's something there I can use. Just that inspiration is super cool to me because I don't think I have that gift, and that gift is really cool. Just be able to pull an idea and write a awesome story out of going to buy some fish or something you know <laughs> pretty cool pumping out novels on the regular for yeah 40 years 40 years you know he just got a new mach- one which he's, which mach- I'm he's in the machine. middle of and it's fantastic yeah i heard it's really good actually i remember he was going to retire when he got hit by the oh the truck he just he only sped up yeah it was <laughs> just like i'm i'm retiring i don't think i can write no more 
Well, nope. after this, after this, after this, after this, <laughs> after this. And it's just like, what the fuck? Uh, that's awesome. How could that guy ever stop writing? What would he do? No, uh, yeah, that's what he, he can't. does. Pick five, the mist. Sorry, Chris. Oh, well, you got like, I got to say my piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a joint, joint operation. This is something I, I got to show. Uh, I got to show Allie. She's never seen it. She'll... No, she's never oh. seen it, she, and she doesn't know anything about it. Oh, so. you'll ruin yeah. her. She'll cry so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Deborah, my wife, hasn't seen it either. And it's oh just my so... god! There's like a couple horror films I wanted to show her, and uh, one of them was The Descent, and the other one was the because I just know they're effective. They're not necessarily yeah. like my favorite, but like the The Descent is a very effective movie. And there's like the big scare with the camera. She had the best best reaction. She just went. <laughs> She didn't scream. She just went uh, <laughs> like a little kid. It yeah, was that's awesome. fucking terrifying. <laughs> I remember my dad. Scare. My dad doesn't fucking react to anything. Oh yeah, I remember. Larry lost his shit. When the fucking that that the, that pan and you see that he, he's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, your dad's a pretty stoic guy, and like, yeah. he, he I never heard him ever reaction like that. Oh, no, and that fucking god of good. That yeah, at the end of the like, mist, he just shrugged. <laughs> Oh, kill your kill your family. Yeah, hmm. That's good. <laughs> um, you mean he's free? <laughs> good luck, guys. Roll the this. dice now. This was a real. This was actually my hardest pick because it was just like shit. What do I do? It's because I had this and another film picked that's similar that I think's a better movie. But I'd be lying if I I did not love this movie more. Hmm, I'm having trouble introing House on Haunted Hill. Oh, crap, I did <laughs> I'm Vincent Price, and you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? Well, that's the movie. 1959's House on Haunted Hill. 59. Uh, 59. Is that our oldest entry? think so oh yeah yeah by a couple so. decades this is uh not even my favorite uh william Ca well no it, it might be my favorite william castle film the reason i really wanted to pick this because i really wanted to talk about two people who were involved in this film who like were huge for me as a child uh, and that's william castle and vincent price i don't know if this is their first time working together they worked again uh the year after the tingler if you're like these were like great gateway drug movies for me i love this period of horror i love this period of american filmmaking and but i love the 50s i love 50s science fiction 50s horror and it's before things got uh more adult this is this is like prime this was for little weird kids to like pack a theater and throw popcorn and get rowdy this is where kid you drop off your kids in the middle of the day to have a party william castle was the greatest producer during this era of horror films he just understood his audience he understood his audience who were kids just knew how to get them jumping and he became like a cat he started alfred hitchcocking in his movies where he'd just show up and introduce the film because he was such a big personality. People always, uh, people always like write him off as like, yeah, he's just a Hitchcock wannabe. It's like, he is a little bit more than that. I, that's weird to say. He was a, he was a film producer. He'd worked, directed a bunch of studio pictures for a, for a while and struck out on his own on this film called Macabre and which was like an indie horror, early indie horror film success story. Then he got uh, this film the next year. It just all comes together in this film. This is just the most, it's not a great horror film. It's one of the most fun ones. All this belonged to a Mr. Norton, who didn't die here. He was electrocuted later. 
Mr. Norton did a good deal of experimenting with wines. But his wife didn't think it was any good. So he filled the vat with acid and threw her in. She was supposed to stay down. But the bones came up. It's a funny thing. But none of the murders here were just ordinary. Just shooting or stabbing. They've all been sort of wild, violent, and different. Look out! God, she didn't fall in. You mean there's still acid in there? Talk about influential guys. He really, like, he's one of those guys who came, 59 is the same year of the Twilight Zone. And so you mm. have these forces. You made a whole gen. This is where, uh, also around the time that Famous Monsters of Filmland came out, the, the fanzine for horror, for kids. Like, you know, EC Comics, Tales from the, the Crypt, uh, Crypt of Terror. Like, this was just, like, a really great time for horror. It just, like, you just captured, like, a whole generation's imagination. Big influence, a huge influence on one of our favorite filmmakers. Riffs from his movies repeated again and again is Joe Dante. Yeah. Look at Gremlins 2. The film cutting out is a direct riff, The Tingler. Dante went on to make, I think, his best film, uh, and my favorite of his, uh, Matinee. John Goodman playing Lawrence Woolsey, who's a, a stand-in for William Castle. And Castle was known as the king of the gimmicks. Uh, he had, I believe he had skeletons fly through the, like, the audience uh, during oh, key fine. moments in this film. The Tingler, which is the, his most famous one, is where he put in seat buzzers on random seats because the monster, you feel a tingle in your back when the monster comes. So he'd buzz people's seats oh, at random. Cool. So people would awesome. be jumping in the, the movie 13 ghosts uh which i have an original of he he had a ghost viewer the ghost uh the movie's in black and white but the ghosts would uh would be appear in red so he gave you a ghost viewer if you want to see the ghost more it had two lenses one red one blue like kind of like the old anaglyph 3d glasses but uh they were on top of each other and it's like if you want to look at the ghost look at red but if you don't the blue filter will filter out the ghost for you if you get too scared and i have one of those wow. original go i have one of those original ghost viewers but he was like smart cuz he also did it in a film called Mr. Sardonicus the movie stops and he hands out uh, a flyer with a thumbs up or a thumbs down you get to a certain point in the movie do you want him to pay for his crimes or do you want him to the villain mr sardonic does he pay for his crimes or does he get a reprieve and you the audience the movie stops and there's a 15 minute information you hold up the the thumbs up or thumbs down sign you pick if he lives or dies essentially but here's how williams castle is a slick bastard we don't know this for sure but it's most likely he actually never shot the ending where he gets free because he said no audience would ever pick that so oh, he just wow. like it was just a fun <laughs> gimmick and it's like the same thing with the ghost viewer it's just like yeah it doesn't make any sense because nobody would not see want to see the ghost it's just cool to have it's like oh if you're too scared kids uh house on haunted hill though is uh macabre did good but house on haunted hill was a huge hit eventually kind of joined the new trend of more mature horror when he produced rosemary's baby john you have a story about rosemary's baby <laughs> what is it <laughs> Me and my my other brother. Wait, was it you or was it Rob? It was, was Rob, Rob, right? It was Rob. I missed this, unfortunately. <laughs> we were on our weekly trip to Blockbuster, and there was some hysterical 60 to 70-year-old woman screaming and berating the Blockbuster crew that they didn't have Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby! Rosemary's Baby! Where's Rosemary's Baby? She was having a full-blown meltdown. It's it a classic! For like 25 minutes. Me and Rob were so uncomfortable, but we we were on a mission. 
we were there to get what we needed. <laughs> we stuck we, it through. We weren't leaving. We were waiting <laughs> behind her. And yeah, the, the, the guy behind the counter was very patient and let her have her tirade and she left empty handed. Rob said that she would turn around and face you guys and just be like, just have kept... you seen Roses, baby? It's a classic. It was the yeah, it was it was I think it was my first like actually insane person I've ever dealt with. <laughs> I was <laughs> very young. I, I think about that constantly. <laughs> Yeah, Staten Island is uh, a haven for it's the mentally ill. It's a fun place. <laughs> <laughs> has, yeah. there, has there been any horror movies in Staten Island? There should be. I mean, there you, there it's you just go. Just called living, just like life waking up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah take the take the SIR, take the That's ferry. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of the stories that I write on, like my podcast, I base pretty much on either Staten Island or New Jersey. Uh, so the plot is. Vincent Price plays a an eccentric millionaire who invites uh, a bunch of people to his to a house that he has rented that is notoriously haunted where a lot of murders have happened, and he's offering ten thousand dollars to each person if they could spend the night. The caretaker of the house, I'd like to point out, is a one of the greatest character actors of all time, Alicia Cook Jr who played wild-eyed psychopaths from the 30s all the way into the 80s. The guy was a machine. If you look up Alicia Cook Jr., he's one of like the most well-known character actors. Now, we do a Twilight Zone podcast. I guarantee, and I don't know this for sure, he's going to show up on Twilight Zone. He's one of those actors who appeared in everything from the 30s on until his death. So he's going to appear, and I'll point him out when he shows up. This is a big Vincent Price. This is a, a film that most people who are like you know who are casually familiar with Vincent Price will always point out. He's so charismatic in this film. He's so much fun. Good evening. I'm your host, Frederick Lauren. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with a drink, shall we? Mr. Lauren. I advise you to call this party off now. The ghosts are already moving, and that's a bad sign. Let me apologize for my wife. She'll join us later. What do you have? Scotch and. Doctor? I'll have the same. Now, before the party begins, let's go over the details. The caretakers will leave at midnight, locking us in here until they come back in the morning. Once the door is locked, there's no way out. The windows have bars that a jail would be proud of. And the only door to the outside locks like a vault. There's no electricity, no phone, no one within miles. So, no way to call for help. Like a coffin. So, if any of you decide not to stay for the party, you must let me know before midnight. Of course, if you leave, I shan't be able to pay you anything. I'm interested in your reasons for this uh, party, aside from the pleasant company. Ghosts, Doctor. I think everyone wonders what they would do if they saw a ghost. I love Vincent Price. When I was a little kid, uh, I got they did a thing on Fox. It was 3D Madness, hosted by Soupy Sales. <laughs> Sales. Uh, wow. Soupy Sales. Soupy Sales. I forever. Yes. He hosted 3D Madness. You had to go to 7-Eleven and buy 3D glasses for a special two-night Fox event. The, the, uh, the first movie was Vincent Price's The Mad Magician, and the second movie was this 
pretty shitty martial arts movie called Dynasty, which the 3D was terrible for. So I was excited. Like, it was like, oh boy, they're just packaging a bunch of old movies and just like making an event. And I became a Vincent Price fan. There's just something very comforting watching him. I don't know why. It's been, I, since I'm a little kid, I just will always seek out a Vincent Price thing if I haven't seen it, which I think I've seen them all at this point. But this is one of his, I think, his most charismatic and most fun performance. So anyway, he invites all these people over. And him and his wife just fucking hate each other. And it's some of the funnest stuff in the movie. Like, all the conversations where his wife... And his wife may be trying to kill him. And he might be trying to kill her. And you don't know where that's going. And that's kind of the fun of the movie. It's like, are these two going to kill each other? Like, because they... But they never, like, outwardly say it. It's all really passive-aggressive shit. Like, that they throw at each other. It's like, let's go down to dinner, honey. Yes, darling. They just really, they just hate each other. Uh, great scare where uh, there's one of the really good scare. I don't know how it holds up today because apparently my uh, whole, <laughs> my barometer for that is called into question. But there's a really great scare early on where one of the caretakers uh, who's blind sneaks up on one of the house guests. I don't want to say too much if you haven't seen it because it's kind of uh, has a twist at the end of the film. Uh, so I'm being vague. A uh, pretty good twist too. Tons of atmosphere. Uh, like it's it's classic spooky horror. Like when you think of like when you see like old fifties like haunted house movie spoof, they're spoofing this. It's like the quintessential fifties B like uh, spooky movie. Has anybody seen it? Mm -mm. No, no, I haven't seen the original. I saw the remake. The remake for what it is is not bad. I'll, not I'll bad. give it that. It's not. Uh, I, and, and I should hate it because you know it's that's one of my they remade that and 13 ghosts they went early 2000 they went William Castle remake crazy this film is released everywhere it's in the public domain and has been for a long time go on YouTube you'll find like 8 million copies of it it's a quick movie I think it's not even an hour 20 I really wanted to pick here's the other film I wanted to pick this was my alternate because this is the film that I think is a better movie and I'd sound smarter if I picked it it's Robert Wise's The Haunting and it's a much better it's a great film and one of the most influential and best ghost stories movies ever made this is not <laughs> but this is i'd be lying if i said I, I i if i didn't love this movie more it's just everything it's got that 50 late 50s early 60s kitsch appeal a towering vincent price performance fun like fun good scares like there's like skeletons and acid and ghosts the ghosts are really well done there's actually some shocking boundary pushing stuff in there like uh people without their heads someone or something was in here when i came in where? And if the door was locked, how did it get out? What you saw might have been a ghost, Nora, but what was in here with me was no ghost. I don't know. I was so scared. Does that sound different to you? Yes. Knock 
like boundary pushing stuff in there. Like he was, uh, he was trying to push it a little bit, even though he knew his audience was young. It's like these kids read comic books where there's way worse shit going on. So it's like I got to be able to tap into that. You got to loosen up the reins a little bit. Hayes office. Is it the best uh, of its breed? I don't know. It's like I, I've kind of went with this tack. I don't know if I'm going to pick the best, but I'm picking what the ones I like the most. Like I, I should pick The Haunting because it's a better movie. But it's like, eh, I don't like better. I like this. <laughs> you should all check it out. It's a fun movie. It's a fun, it's a good movie to watch on Halloween. It's got that, just, a, it's got that October vibes about it. It's got really serious October vibes. And all his films, uh, 13 Ghosts is another fun one. Uh, Sardonicus, Straight Jacket, they're all fun. And like, he comes out and he's just smoking a cigar. And he's like, hey, you ready to be scared? And he makes a bad Crypt keeper pun. And then he's like, all right, enjoy the show. Stay weird. Woo. And he just leaves. And it's like, ah, there's my buddy, Billy Castle. <laughs> yeah. But uh, look up Bill William Castle, a very inspiring figure, like a, a, a guy who was an indie producer, one of the great indie producers who like went out, like worked in the studio system, says, ah, fuck this shit. He's like, I'm better than this. And just went out on his own, made a bunch of films, knew his audience. The problem is the, the audience changed and his films didn't for this kind of film. But he did, again, he did produce Rosemary Baby, which is <laughs> one of the... Rosemary <laughs> Baby! Uh, he, now I gotta say it that way. Have you seen Rosemary Baby? Uh, which is one of the, you know, like, was a, a part of a turning point for horror where they went, it went more mature with it because it became for kids. And, like, people say that's a bad thing, but... I love that era. That's like my favorite era. That that era of filmmaking, of horror filmmaking, is the stuff I go to. It's the stuff that you'd see on Mystery Science Theater that people, most people don't take seriously, but I just adore it. That's the film. That's why, and that's another reason I picked it, because it's a good representative of that time. Thank you. That's all I got. <laughs> Pick five. House on Haunted Hill. I wanted to end on a bang. It was tough, because I want to end on a banger, but it's just like, eh. I felt this was tough about this list. Like I feel like I'm neglecting whole periods, not just movies, like whole periods of film. Yeah. And it's just sure. like, well, I, I've I've neglected the fifties and like a lot of my favorites come from then. Yeah. And it's just like shit, I can't I gotta get that period in there. I had sort of uh the same kind of thought. If my strategy would have remained intact <laughs> and I would have gotten my vampire, I had Most my worse. werewolf, I got my ghost, I got my monster. What's next? 1935's Bride of Frankenstein would have been my last uh, pick. But it's not. I was uh. waiting for a Frankenstein. So, but what I am going to do is go something, throw something at you that's not generally, probably not well received as, because it does have a very big cult following. It's produced over 10 sequels, two spinoffs, comic book series, reboots. There's a video game coming actually this year. For those of you who are confused about what I'm talking about, it's a movie that I've watched more times than I care to admit as a child, a 1989 full moon feature, Puppet Master. In a house of mysteries. This hotel seems to have quite a history, Mr. Gallagher. Who are you people? A research team with special powers. <gasps> My God. She's experiencing the past. Because we are all joined by our thoughts. <laughs> has uncovered an ancient secret. I have something I want to show you. <laughs> Metaphysically speaking, I killed myself. But they are playing with an evil force. What would you do with the power? You can't save her, Alex. 
they have given life to a deadly power. We're all in danger. And now, a box of little toys. I think someone's in the room, Frank. Has become a gang of little terrors. Dude! Fucking Charles Band's coming out to play. I watched Puppet Master so much. It is such a strange movie. Very strange. I rewatched it. I rewatched it actually this morning. I was astonished at how, because I watched this young, and I don't know how. It's it's the lore of my my love of things that are puppets because the puppets in this movie have a screen time of under five minutes. Is it that but short it, for the first one? Yeah, it's in the first one. Yeah, it's they're almost not in it at all. But me waiting, waiting for these little bastards to show up and cause mayhem. I sat around and I watched it over and over and over. And it's just fantastic. Judd, have you ever seen The Puppet Master? No. They're not great. On the list or? (laughs) They're not great movies. If you want to, if you have a little time to kill and you want to throw, it's it's such a strange franchise because they start off as, through the the course of the franchise, they're the villains, they're the heroes in some, they're anti-heroes, they go throughout, they run the whole gamut. They you never know what you get. The, they kind of go through the Godzilla effect, where they start yes. out as the heel, they become right. heroes, then they become. Then you mm. want to like darken, like you know, go back to the series roots, and you make them villains again. Right. Uh, I'd say the best film in the series is three Toulon's Revenge. Three. Yep. Yes. That's yes. the best one in the series. I think objectively the best movie. Yeah. But you can still revenge yourself. I'll be one hour. Take the car to be serviced. Don't get out of here. And Eric, expect to be out all night. Full Moon Entertainment in the late 80s, early 90s was fucking awesome. Rock and roll. Oh, it was so much that's, fun. That's yeah. exactly what these movies are. It's just fucking rock and roll horror. Let's go. Let's <laughs> just fucking, it's bullshit, low budget horror movies. Yeah, all made by Charles Little... Band. Uh, yeah. Charles Band, who's one of the most prolific producers of movies where the the monsters are very tiny <laughs> there's yeah. ever been that's the thing like he he went like he started making films from like all genres and then it's just like no tiny monsters little chocolate donuts <laughs> <laughs> i have a cereal yeah, box do, signed by him do you really that's yes, awesome. i do yeah three and four even five is good they start getting a little wild start opening gates of hell and all kinds of fucking things start coming out but they're all very small andre toulon right Andre Toulon. What did I say? Albert yeah. Toulon? <laughs> Albert. William Andre Hickey T- in the first movie. It's William Hickey in the first. That's what I wanted to say. And uh, is Barbara yeah. Crampton in this one? Well, I'm friends with her on Facebook, and she's still lovely as ever. She was, uh, <laughs> she was a uh, what you call a scream queen. She was in Reanimator. She was in uh, From Beyond. No, she's not in the first one. She's not in the first one. She's not in the Take first one. Take it back. One. Maybe she's in the second one. Part and three these is... movies took, took a weird, like, chronological order like if you want to watch them chronologically they took all kinds of fucking liberties these movies well yeah three is a prequel and then like multiple timelines spring from three because sometimes andre too again andre toulon sometimes he's the villain sometimes he's the hero and sometimes he's played by mark from the room well he was (laughs) really yes oh hi mark hi mark 
Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, he. Uh, that was his first big role. He played a young Andre Toulon, and I forget which one. So what is the, like, how does the first one go? It's, they show up at a hotel. It's been so years since I first, watched it. The first one, pretty oh, much. The, yeah, find, first, find the lineup of the, which ones were in this movie, because not all, the, not the whole crew's there yet. Not all the puppets, no. There's only six puppets in, this, in the first yeah. one. It's Blade. Blade. Uh, Jester. Jester. Shredder Khan. Barely ever shows up again. Tiny. Yeah. It's Tiny the bulky uh, one with the big the arms. Bu- yeah, with the big arms. Yeah. And they always um, use, screw- it's a puppet that's like maybe two feet, like t- maybe a foot and a half. But every time they do the close-ups, it's a dude's arms that they use. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. So it's really weird looking. What's the guy with the screw top? And top uh, Leech Woman. Oh, Leech my Woman. cowboy's those... not there yet? No, he didn't show up till three. Really? Wow. Six shooter doesn't show Six up till shooter. three. Yeah. <laughs> That's how yeah. Oh, so great. That's how he laughs. He's just a cowboy with six arms. And there's this, there's demonic toys. There's uh, Doll Man. Doll Man versus demonic toys. Then there, there you have Puppet Master versus demonic toys. Oh yeah. They That's a oh sp- dude spin off. Talk about a shared universe of shit. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 puppet blade eventually get got his own movie in twenty twenty. What? This, yeah, Blade has his his own movie. Did Evil Bong ever cross over with the puppet? No, Master I don't think movies? Evil I'm Bong sh- ever made it. Or the it. Ginger Dead Man, or the Gingerbread Man. No, who was played by Gary Busey in the first one. It's very really? strange. Oh, yes. perfect. Yeah, Blade's the only puppet that's in every one of the movies. Well, he's the most iconic one. Like, yeah, everybody he's the first knows puppet Blade. you see. Like Jesus. Puppet Master Two is like a sequel, takes place in like Nazi Germany. Very big What's Nazi tie-in. So the plot of the first one is, we, I know we were over, we were almost there. Yeah. Pretty much, Andre Toulon is is a, a Nazi, or he's being hunted by the Nazis for having this magic that like resurrects you. It's like old Egyptian magic, and that was the thing. Like the magic, it wasn't necessarily he was bringing puppets to life in the first movie. It was he could just bring things back to life, and he just happened to use these things on these puppets to make them alive. So the Nazis were after him. He ends up blowing his head off in 1939, and then it cuts to present day. It's a team of psychics all get these visions about this hotel from one of their colleagues who was there, who ended up dying at this hotel, and he like brought them all here because he found this kind of magic that was going on there. And they go, and obviously the puppets are there, and... Another nonsense. seaside set. The plot's nonsense. <laughs> it's another seaside set movie. Another... You know, that hotel is not real. It was a miniature. Uh, Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they built a miniature that was the size of about a refrigerator box. And they just hung it off of a string and used forced perspective to make it look like it was on that mountainside. Never would have thought that. It looked, Me neither. I mean, that's it an effective. That's a great effect then. Cause it looks I, fantastic. I like, really? Wow, that's yeah. crazy. The Bodega yeah, the, Bay Hotel. Bodega Bay Hotel. These are yeah. such fun movies. I got to go revisit them because I love that yeah. whole era of uh, Full Moon Entertainment. Like, it was yeah. such a the fun. The Full Moon like, movies were, were just. If you're just a creepy kid, like, these just mm-hmm. spoke to you. They're not great these, movies, but they were no, just. No, direct to video. All direct to video. All direct They to contemplated video. having uh, the puppet, the, this movie release in theaters in, like, the summer of 89. 
they kind of like, were like, hmm, maybe not. And they waited till like October of 89 to just do direct video. Well, this was also like Paramount released these too a little bit, I think, right? Because they, they had like some studio backing for a little bit. And so like this movie's a little more polished because they, they start to lose in polish as the years yeah. go on with yeah, these as movies. Yeah, as they start, as the, the, the oh, Roman numerals boy. become more prominent well, they, in the ending. They keep pumping them out. I, I, Charles Band still, yeah, I mean, know, still out there, man. I think 2021, there was a Puppet Master. <laughs> Dr. Death from the Puppet Master universe, released right. in 2021. There's still an audience, that means. That's wild. Well, Full Moon still, you know, they, they have a huge catalog of shit. I mean, it's crazy. Great score. I love the music to these movies. Oh, it's very hummable. I find myself humming it every now and yeah, again. Yeah, Richard, this is, uh, the guy who did the score for this is uh, Richard Band, who's Charles Band's brother. And uh, he scored a lot of those Full Moon, uh, a lot of great horror classics. He scored The Reanimator, just a ton, like anything that Charles Band, he also did the score to a great film called Tourist Trap. Uh, an early Charles Band film before he had, uh, I forget which company he was, that has one of the most unusual horror film scores ever made. Uh, but I love the score to this. Like, really string heavy, very great gothic. It was just a beautiful piece of music. Puppet Master 3, I believe, is well was the first movie in chronological order, if you were to go back through the series, until 99 when they put out Retro Puppet Master. I so think that's, that's the one where Mark is in. That's the first. Oh, is it? It might yeah. be. What's his name, uh, Mark? I don't know. I've met him twice. He signed a football for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Dude, we should do a full moon retrospective at one point. Oh, yeah. I would love to. There's a lot of fun. They get fucking wild. They get wild. I the, Just the Trancers movies. Remember the Trancers movie, Jack Death with Tim yeah. Thomerson? Tim Thomerson showed up in a lot of these fucking movies. He had some fun. There was like a fun group of people who would always show up in these things. But yeah, this is, the, this is their hub series like that's why i think he pivoted to small monsters because people just kept fucking seeing them it's like and also i mean the merchandise alone like you could buy all of these puppets like these puppets are available you could just buy them these are toys like you're stupid not to do this like why wouldn't you make all your creatures pocket size that i could fucking collect all of them it's like like pokemon and (laughs) chimpokemon it's the puppet master series subspecies which is a A subspecies vampires wow yeah trancers Trances, yeah. Killed, that. Killjoy. That, that's that evil clown. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I do remember that. Demonic Toys, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mordred, Prehysteria, which was a kid. Oh, God. I remember that. thing oh, about the little the mini dinosaurs that come to life. It's no munchies, but. No. Evil Bong, the <laughs> evil Ginger bong. Dead Man. You got like excited when you saw the Full Moon logo when you were a kid. Like, oh, I'm going to yeah. have fun for the next 90 or so minutes. I mean, they had a whole mm-hmm. aisle the video stores like the little like hole in the wall video stores before like blockbuster and things like that i remember there was like doug's video store on king's highway in brooklyn mm-hmm. that yeah, we'd they to would always go to pump them out these movies and they had he had a whole aisle just full moon features i couldn't wait it was either that or old wrestlemanias i would rent yeah i so, anytime a puppet i saw something puppet master i was grabbing it if demonic toys showed up i'm grabbing it just like i just saw that full moon logo I, i'd say well well i'm this is a safe bet not in terms of it quality, wasn't, mind but, you. Right. <laughs> right entertainment. But, but entertainment. you're going to be entertained. By hook or by crook, you're going to get your jollies. Uh, that, he was great at that. And I, yeah, the Puppet Master series, I, it, it, it's peak. It's peak ban- It's peak full moon. That's my childhood, those movies. Yeah, that's why, that's, that's, yeah. that's why I picked this. That's why I picked this. That was part of my childhood. Me. This was... You know what else he made? Ghoulies. Ghoulies. Right. This is what I mean. These little... That Ghoulies was... I had the... Uh, 
direct taped off HBO. It was a Ghoulies Munchies double feature. Holy shit. <laughs> Ghoulies and 2 and Munchies. Well, Mun- yeah, Ghoulies not 2. Not Munchie with Andrew Stevens, no. No, Munchies. Munchies. The Ghoulies 2, a movie we both have seen probably conservatively 15, 20 times a piece. At least. At least. Min- minimum. Uh, yeah, it's just, it was, again, talk about movies that were always on, Ghoulies 2 was fucking it just all because i think it was like i don't think it was rated r so they'd run it during the day too it was always so on. always on, on hbo it was just constantly on so it's like you just finished watching ghoulies 2 next on hbo ghoulies 2 it was like ridiculous <laughs> that image of the ghoulie coming out of the toilet i think that's where the term we you know anytime we talk about ass in, in our family we say ghoul and i think this is where it, it i came think that from. might be where we say ghoul oh that was that, I was, was that a poster yes uh, yeah the poster yeah is yeah i've definitely seen that oh i was afraid to shit for weeks yeah that's <laughs> terrifying yeah it's just this little reptilian monster and i don't think it ever even comes out of a toilet bowl in the movie no because no, <laughs> the whole movie one. takes place in like an amusement park that's part two right that's what i mean ghoulies two yeah ghoulies one is really shitty i really can't sit through ghoulies one yeah, I rewatched no. it recently it's really boring not that ghoulies two is some masterpiece it's just that ghoulies two <laughs> I, I don't know. I I was primed. The, they I, I was just on more, so I watched it enough. So I'm just de- I'm programmed to like that movie. Right. The same thing with Munchies. It's like it's not a good movie by no. any means. My, any means of the word, good. It's something I'll watch it anytime it's on. Yeah, that's a good time. Good. And time. That's my fifth round pick, Puppet Master. Love it. Love it. John. Wow. No pressure. Close this, this out. Close this out, baby. Close this out. It's, this is better be a strong one. It's gotta be. Last pick of the horror draft. World's your oyster. It's yeah. been a long road, fellas. It has. And here we are. We made it. Oh, wow. My so backwards. for my last pick, and the last pick, according to this, you're already dead. Anybody? According to this, you're already dead. Wait, I, I know, know it. That. I know it. Hold on. I think I know it. According to this, you're already dead. The Beetlejuice? No. no. Nope. All right, guys. Goose. Silly goose. <laughs> Didn't have to react like that. <laughs> it's not Return of the Living Dead, is it? Nope. According to this, you're already dead. Well, okie dokie. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, all uh, I'm thinking of for Death the Commissary. <laughs> no, okie dokie. Oh, okie dokie. That's, that's that, then. <laughs> Great, best cameo by a director in film history. I don't know. From 1990, Jacob's Ladder. Oh my God! Every day, Jacob Singer goes to work. What's wrong? It's one of those days. And every day, he wonders what is happening to him. Maybe it's the pressure, Jake. They're like demons, Jess. They weren't human. What were they, Jake? Then look at your hand. You have a very strange line. See, according to this, you're already dead. (laughs) Something's wrong, Jake. They're coming after me. I don't know who they are or what they are, but they're going to get me, and I'm scared, Jake. I've seen them, too. 
Maybe the demons are real. He's running 106 feet with... This is barbaric. I can get rid of the demons. Who are you? I can block the ladder. Where are you taking me? Where am I? Where do you want to go? Home. This is your home. You're dead. I'm not dead. What are you then? I'm alive. Oh my god, dude. This movie fucked me up as a kid. Oh, wow. Again, 1990. You and me both. Yeah. So oh, holy shit. I've only seen this movie three or four times, including when I just watched it again for the draft. Yeah, I, I think I've only seen it maybe twice. Me too. Yeah. It me doesn't too. reward repeat. It's not <laughs> everything everything on this list is infinitely rewatchable. This is not. But I think that's part of why I love it and think it's like a legitimate classic. Is because you can't watch it. A bunch of times it's just too effective yeah this movie fucked really fucked me up and it holds still when i just revisited it, it i felt like when i mean the first time i saw it I was probably 10 and it was just as effective when i just watched it wow adrian lynn uh directed yes adrian yeah. lynn so coming he, off so, of uh, angel heart yeah it's we'll get to his filmography because it's, it's a wild crazy. detour yeah he's crazy mm. it's amazing career that guy tim robbins so it's written by bruce joel rubin Score by Maurice Jarre. Oh, Cast wow. Tim Robbins, Elizabeth Pena, Danny Aiello, Ving Rames, Eric LaSalle, Matt Craven, Pruitt Taylor Vince, George Costanza, and, and Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin, kid. Yeah. Wow. That's some fucking After cast. Uncle Buck or before? This is the most important after. question of the after Uncle Buck. Okay. I think Buck is eighty nine. So the film starts in the late sixties. Tim Robbins is serving in Vietnam. And the first scene is him hanging out with Platoon. It's a very calm day. They're all just kind of hanging out and joking around. And then essentially all hell breaks loose. And there's just carnage and nonstop violence. And the scene ends with Tim Robbins getting stabbed. So from there, we cut to a couple years later. Tim Robbins is now living in New York City. And he starts having these hallucinations. The hallucinations become more frequent, more intense, and more demonic. So he thinks he's going crazy. And the film puts you into his state of schizophrenia as well as any film I've ever seen. I mean, this is why I can't rewatch it that it's often fucking, because it's, it's too good. It's fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I've been watching it in decades and I <laughs> there are imagery this imagery in that film oh, yeah. that's not going yep. nowhere. It's One in, in particular for good. There's yes. the fucking dance scene with the, the tentacles and all Dude, going up yep. Olivia Pena's legs. Ruin just, ruined me. Yes. The hand That's in the back the of the scene. mail truck. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh, creepy. That's what this movie has those haunting images. That we've seen the 25, 30 years, however long ago you see it. That these things like stick in your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a. It's one I haven't watched. It's one of those I've, when I'm reminded of it, I think it's, I got to bite the bullet and finally hit it again because it's been so long since I watched it. And it's like, I wonder how that holds up. I wonder how that holds up. And I'm like, I'm almost afraid to watch it because it really fucked me up, dude. <laughs> I know. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys have seen it because it's one of those movies I don't bring up very often. I like the fact that it's kind of under the radar. That kind of makes it cooler and more special. The fact that it just kind of exists out there. I, it might be the best PTSD movie I've ever seen. It's fantastic in that regard. Yeah. I mean, it's PTSD so cool. movies are always just dramas. They're very intense, but they're dramas. This approaches it as a horror movie, which kind of feels more accurate to yeah. what those guys, you know, experienced. Yeah, yeah Judd, put this on the list, man. 
Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Up. It's fantastic. It's coming on. They'll fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. Allie, watch save... this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save this... this one for by itself at like 10 o'clock on a Monday or something. Yeah. Because it's going to it's going to wipe you out. Yeah. And have a comedy special lined up, <laughs> like yeah. put on like a like put on some like vintage like Chris put on Chris Rock's Bring the Pain to like bring you back <laughs> to a happier time. Yeah, because this is uh, another like the mist. Ooh. What an emotional, yeah. draining film. It's draining, this film. That's why it's so good. It really yeah. sucks your soul out of you. Yeah. yeah. So let's start, because I for scariest scene, I have the house party. Mm -hmm. So this scene, first of all, it starts out so well, because Tim Robbins is hanging out at the parties. He's like on the stairs with one of the women there. She's doing a palm reading for him. And that's where she says, according to this, you're already dead. But it's kind of played as a joke, even though she's like, something's off. Yeah. And then from there, shortly afterwards, he goes to dance with his girlfriend, Elizabeth Pena. It's still kind of a pleasant, fun time. He kind of backs away. You can tell he's not really into the party. He's getting tired. And then shit just kind of hits the fan. something demonic is happening to someone he actually cares about it's so scary i mean that scene's amazing uh, again i'm not even going to say best just hauntingly iconic scenes i put subway train from hell and that's where tim robbins is stuck in the subway late at night he can't find a train and he's kind of going through the tunnel trying to get out of there and he sees a train coming by itself all you can really see is that these faces are like plastered up against the windows but they have this these blank face to them and they they're flying by and at the end you just see this one at the end of the train kind of looking directly at tim robbins and he puts his hand up as if to acknowledge him and from there you're like oh jesus this movie <laughs> this yeah, movie's well, gonna keep me up yeah oh i'm glad it holds up because i've always questioned that because i it, it again so you had the similar experience where you watch this entirely too young oh yeah and yes that film is sensory overload when you're 10. like i i think we all saw it around because again fucking hbo man kill, fucked a whole generation of kids up because it's just like hmm. it's just like they slapped it's like 1990 so that movie like you're probably watching on hbo 91 and it's just like oh look kid <laughs> sit right here and watch the tv a fucking existential nightmare <laughs> Yeah, weird right. sexual overtones and weird. And there was no warning. You didn't know what was next. Yeah. No, hmm. not at all. There was no fucking guide at the bottom of the screen that told you the next movie. <laughs> yeah. It was just whatever's coming on. It, like right before that could have been Popeye. Yeah. You walk in and, and you hit you hit a freaking some. Hey, some days you hit hit a just one of the guys boob scene. Other days you're hitting a Jacob's ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And as if it's not messed up enough, as especially when you're watching this as a little kid, you're like, oh, Macaulay Culkin, my right. guy, my buddy. 
Nope. It's like, yeah. There's no buddy of yours in this. The next terrifying scene is when Tim Robbins is taken to the hospital. He's on a gurney, and the gurney essentially descends into hell. Where do you want to go? Home. This is your home. You're dead. Dead? No. Oh, I just hurt my back. I'm not dead. What are you then? What is happening? Get me out of here. There is no out of here. I'm trying I, to be kind of vague. Out, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, it's a good it thing. Keep it vague because I, I want to, I want to, I, I know it's not good for an audience, but maybe keep it vague because now I really have to watch this again. It stuck with me so much that it's like I know the general beats of the movie. And I'll never forget the ending. So, so great cast. Tim Robbins is really good in the lead. As far as I can remember, this is the first time I saw Danny Aiello. He's such a beacon of hope, good guy protector in this world of hell for Tim Robbins that like anytime I saw Danny Aiello afterwards, I was like, oh, that's the guy. The angel from Jacob's Ladder. I love that yeah. guy because this, this world is so dark and horrific. Aiello is the one guy you can count on to kind of give some sort of levity. He's my favorite cursor. He's probably my favorite cursor on film. <laughs> yeah, he's so, so he has good. one part where um, he's kind of trying to calm Tim Robbins down. And he says, Eckhart saw hell too. You know what he said? He said, the only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of your life. Your memories, your attachments, they burn them all away. But they're not punishing you, he said. They're freeing your soul. Relax. Good. So the way he sees it, if you're frightened of dying and, and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. It's just a matter of how you look at it, that's all. So don't worry, okay? Okay? So this movie, essentially, the thread is heaven and hell aren't these separate places. It's all together. Love that. I'm sure this movie has a lot of... Like, you know, I, I probably... I, I was too young to <laughs> understand the probably deep theological discourse that's probably yeah. happening in the film. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming because uh, it's it's a very it's a classy picture. This ain't no B horror film. This is a classy picture by a classy director. <laughs> like this is a top hat and tails movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a real singular horror movie. I don't know how, what to compare it to. No, I don't think you can no. compare it to anything. For a, a studio picture by an A-list director at the time making something this fucking weird. It's just this odd. And like, you, it's like, yeah, it's a horror film. Well, it was a guy chase you with a knife. No, not quite. No, it's just, <laughs> your, your brain chases you with a knife. Sort of. <laughs> There's a section of the movie where him and his war veteran friends, they all come together and they're talking about how they're all having these experiences. I don't know who they are or what they are, but they're going to get me. And I'm scared, Jake. I'm so scared. I, I can't do anything. 
I, I can't go to my sister's. I can't even. I can't even go home. I don't know what to do. So they go to a lawyer, public defender, to try to help him out, played by George Costanza. Oh, wow. Which is always good. Mm. As a Seinfeld lover, you, yeah. we, we need this when you're watching Jacob's Ladder, just to, <laughs> just to take the foot off the, you know, the neck for a minute. She was angry that day, my friends. <laughs> like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. Yeah, you could, your mind, could, <clears throat> you could disassociate to that. Because this movie, yes, in a movie about the disassociation, you kind of need it. <laughs> Again, I, I, I want to be more vague than normal. I just want to talk about the writer for a second. So this is 1990. Bruce Joel Rubin. Do you know what else he wrote that came out in 1990? Ghost. Wow. Mm. Jesus. Number one movie of the year. Phenomenon. Whoopi gets the, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. You know, people are having sex while sculpting. It's a whole thing. <laughs> so he has these two movies in the same year. This is the 50th highest grossing film of, of the year. But he's got those two both in 90. Oh, my wow. God. He's fucking high on the hog that day. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God. He must have been just just the coke dream. Like, I don't know the man. <laughs> I don't know what his lifestyle was, but if you were a hot screenwriter in 1990, all roads led to cocaine <laughs> and yes. wild sex parties. That's what yes. I've been led to believe. And I hope you had a good time, sir. You earned it. Well, speaking of wild sex parties, so Adrian Lin, this this is his filmography. Flashdance, Nine and a Half Weeks, Fatal Attraction, Indecent Proposal, Lolita, Unfaithful, Deep Water. There is a trend there. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. There's uh, something <laughs> something you could point at in those. You know, it's yeah, I didn't put it together that he was a big sexy time director because hmm. I always saw him as a visual stylist first and foremost. The guy had, I mean, look at Flashdance. Like, say what you want about how vapid a film it, it kind of is. Maybe it is. I don't know. I've never seen it. It is a style fucking trendsetter. I mean, it's a stylistic innovator, you could even say. He is a visual stylist of the highest order. Like, Lolita, uncomfortable film. One of the most beautifully shot films of the 90s. It's, it, it doesn't get talked enough. It's not in the conversation enough about how beautiful that film is, visually. Yeah. And Unfaithful, too. Like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't like adultery movies. Uh, Fatal Attraction, too. But I, I'll sit through them because they're fucking visually stunning. Like, the guy is fucking amazing. And these are all hits, too. I mean, nine talk about being weeks. a bankable director. Yeah. I mean, Nine and a Half Weeks is filth. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I, it is beautifully shot filth it's just like yeah yeah as beautifully parodied in hot shots the food sex scene which yeah. i think is disgusting <laughs> but he makes it look appealing it's it's so beautifully lit that scene that you go wow that might be a good thing even though it's like i don't want i don't i'm not george Costanza. i don't want a pastrami sandwich while I'm having sex. Those are two separate things, and food and sex together make me nauseous. Now you know that about me. <laughs> but he, Adrian Lin is, makes those things visually stunning to look at. And I, from what I remember of this movie, this movie is a stunner, too. This is why I was confident it wasn't going to get taken off the board. Yeah, wow. But it, uh, man, 
it talk about haunting it, yeah. imagery that lingers. This is mm. one of the all timers. Uh, it's it's definitely the movie I've watched the least, but I remember yeah. it very vividly. For, yeah. you know, out of the movies on the list, this is a movie that I've actually avoided rewatching. Yeah, of how fuck how how it fucked me up. Yeah, it was that and a, and a mix of I was worried. I was I'm glad somebody I trust is, has seen it recently because I'm like because ner- it, it it's held in esteem in my head as being one of the most incredible uh, film that deals with. Uh, disassociation like i've had this film on like a pedestal and i'm afraid to rewatch it on that level because it's just like is it as as good as i remember and i'm glad to hear that it does yeah and uh when i watched it recently i had a whole new appreciation i think this is just as we get older but you have more understanding of what essentially what war veterans went through too as a kid mm-hmm. i'm not really processing that it's more just a visceral nightmarish film but when you watch it again, you think, oh, wow, this yeah. makes sense. This really yeah. captures what, what they were feeling, what they went through. It does a very good job of it. Well, that's a wrap on the draft, fellas. Oh, <laughs> this was fun, man. Uh, this was cathartic. I'm exhausted. Yeah. It's all over. Got to so, find new meaning to life. Yeah. I got a lot of movies to watch. Oh, so let's recap <laughs> your movies, Judd. What, yeah, what's oh, your list? Jesus. And then we got to figure out, A, <laughs> what are you most excited to watch and then maybe we tell him this is where you should start. So should I start with just the horror movies on the list? Sure. Yeah, start with the horror movies yeah. that we went through. Jacob's Ladder, uh, Puppet Master. I don't know if I should watch them, but they're on there. Exorcist 3. I'm not sure if I should watch that either now, <laughs> but it's on there. <laughs> the Lost Boys. Invasions of the Body Snatchers, which is really high up there on excitement to yeah. watch. Evil Dead 2, which is also high oh, up wow. there. Oh, wow, yeah. American Werewolf in London, also high up there. The Thing, also high up there. I got to make like a... Hierarchy. A pre- yeah. Uh, the Blob, Alien, Splash. Splash! <laughs> <laughs> well, Watch that that's after not... Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Taking the Pelham 3, the original. Oh. Ed Wood. Oh. Uh, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. Oh, oh my God. Freebie and the Bean. <laughs> oh my God, this is like porn. And Unforgiven. It's the last one, dude. I, I, it's like I envy you not seeing these for the first time. Like yeah. save save the Treehouse of Horrors for after you watch Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, yeah, that's a good ton- that's a good tonic for that. Yeah, because you're gonna need it. You know, it's a good tonic for it too. Whiskey. <laughs> Damn. It's it's a it's a I'm strong one, dude. It, it'll it'll yeah. take it out. It'll take out of you. It'll it'll drain you. Not necessarily because yeah. it's such a sad ending. And I'm not saying that. It's just it's that lot. it's it's just a lot to take in. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. It's just, yeah. And it's uh, heavy as it gets. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. I again, yeah. I've watched it young, and it's as I've thought about it as I've gotten older. It's like, yeah, I guess that is about PTSD. But again, I did not get the full weight of that. There's no possible way I got the full weight of that no. last time I watched it. So yeah. I, yeah, I need to watch that again. It's high. Up. That's number one on my list of rewatching my particular list. But I don't. I know for you, good luck trying to sort through that shit, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would don't say know. get on, get on the thing, Alien. So Alien, I'm pretty sure I've seen, but I think you it probably was just had so to have seen long Alien. ago. You know, definitely check out the thing. I don't remember it. Alien. Uh, you know what? Throw Splash in there just to mix it <laughs> yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. There's a tonic. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. need like an actual. Uh, yeah, the big go by like in terms of like cultural saturation on downward. 
because yeah. that the thing is so like a bit is such a big film and then yeah. then you could get into your evil deads then you could get into your the more like you think of it as a tier let's start a yeah. tier list probably at the bottom of that tier <laughs> <laughs> there should be a b-side three x is three is there x is yeah. three i'm not slightly even mad about un- it slightly under it <laughs> yeah i'm not even mad about it it's all right <laughs> no it's okay it's just like <laughs> he's totally gonna kill himself <laughs> uh, is everyone happy with how their draft turned out i'm psyched I'm i like happy. my i'm happy with my recovery my team is is nice your team's stacked who's on I, your team let's hear it Nightmare on Elm Street, The Conjuring, Trick or Treat, Cabin in the Woods, The Mist. Motherfucker band. Those are pretty heavy. <laughs> That's dude. a nice list. Yeah. That, fucking big. In terms of like, I dude, I think I'm dead last in terms of what an audience is going to appreciate, like a general audience is going to appreciate. Because I, it's like, if I wanted to win, I would have picked Exorcist, not Exorcist Three, because it's just a layup. <laughs> but I can't do that because my brain's no good. So the years of mine. 1980, 1979, 1978, 1987, like some your great films because it's just like oh they they refine things i like horror is like a game of who got you first like that it's like well it's like what well it got me first it's like it's like you might be better is men a great movie but it didn't come before i saw sleepaway camp first so (laughs) sorry yeah it's crazy to me that a nightmare in elm street film did not make my list and and do you understand that how hard a decision that is for me Yeah, yeah me too that's well, like there's some heartbreak. Hall of Famers that didn't make any of our lists, but I'm kind of glad. It's more fun to talk about the ones you love. I mean, yeah. what else yeah. are we going to say about Halloween that you haven't yeah. heard, you know? Right. In my brain, it can't be this way. It's like, I can't have two films written by Frank Darabout and Chuck Russell in there. Because it would have been Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> oh, we're, we're getting into the, fo- like, he's interrupts, uh, the, fo- what's it called, runner-ups. But I don't know if yeah. we should get into that now or save it for another one, but... <laughs> That is part of it. That's a honorable teaser for mentions. that. I, gonna do, we're going to talk about honorable question. mentions. I do have a question, just because I want to read the room. What would you guys have done if I picked Rocky Horror Picture Show as my last one? Can't pick Would that, that have been... Wouldn't have been able to. It would have been nah. out of the house. Okay. All right, cool. I'm glad I didn't then. Because <laughs> Boy, not, am I glad I didn't. It's not, I don't think it's a horror movie. It's, it's classified as a horror movie. It's playing with horror tropes, but again, I think it functions as a comedy musical first. Okay. It's using it horror tropes I. to do a comedy <laughs> musical. So I can't say it's a horror film. Like, you know what okay. I mean? I didn't think it would be, I, I like, realistically. But I thought it would be, like, a fun little cute thing. But okay. I, I, mean, I love Rocky Horror. I mean, shit. Oh, yeah, like, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't shit on it. But yeah. I, we had to keep – it's just yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the weird parameters we set. No, the, I, I yeah, think yeah. they're right because otherwise this would become a mess is that yeah. it has to function as a horror film first. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe horror. down the road we'll do another one where we talk about – Anything goes. Rocky horror or or horror movies with that share genres. And, yeah, something mm. horror adjacent. Like it's like right. it's horror, but it's this. Like right, because I would dude, have loved to talk about Gremlins and Gremlins too. Dude, you want to yeah. do horror comedy? Yeah. I think this might blow this fucking list out the yeah. water. From, you know, like, Ghostbusters. Dude, this, this, let's please. There's gonna be a fight. Yeah. Like, like right. we got like it got contentious. <laughs> like, 
There's gonna be some fucking fights in this motherfucker yeah. over yeah. horror comedies. Forget it. Right. It's tricky because you don't want to be too broad with the definition, right? You right. want to keep it somewhat niche so that everyone knows what's available. Yeah. yeah. But it would have been kind of amazing if Judd drafted Rocky Horror Picture Show, and then you just see two guys drag him away from the screen and he's never seen again. <laughs> Justin returned to his home planet, like Pookie. Everybody, it's, fun. it's in your hands now. It's out in the universe. It's for the viewers. Yeah. Let us know. Hit us up on our social medias, The Zoning Out Pod on Twitter. Send us an email at thezoningoutpod at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Yeah. And we'll oh. reconvene with our honorable mentions and the winner based on your votes. Which one's going to be in dead last and why is it Frank's? <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't understand what we were doing. <laughs> I was playing catch up. Oh, wow. Ladies this was great. I love this. Having this many amazing horror films actually stopped me from being able to concentrate and write. I was like overwhelmed with all this stuff. Yeah, and I haven't maybe done not anything. be able to focus. Hmm. It's because it, it's just like nonstop iconic films. Yeah, because it's like the way it would like a, each pick would came because we did this like week to week and uh, except for the last two. Every week, I it would start as a hum. What's my next pick gonna be? Because I started with a big <laughs> list. But then yeah. it starts the narrowing process, and there's like a lot of things you have to factor in. Who's picking what? Should I grab this now before somebody else gets it? And it's like, do I really like? What's my actual emotional connection to this? And like that starts as a hum. By the day we record, it just it's like a loud scream. That's like any time I'm somebody's talking to me, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. now. I can't focus on anything else. <laughs> yeah. Until well, folks, that's it. Thank you for joining us for the 2022 Horror Halloween Bootacular Draft. I'm Christopher Feinstein. John Sachs. Frank Bonacci. I'm John. Mm -hmm.